0: life well that's not your friend and yet oftentimes those greatest time wasters are things that we hold very dear to our our hearts and lives it could be your phone it could be social media could be sports could be some kind of entertainment so rather than getting ahead of myself let's get right into the lesson point number one for those of you have your outline uh, why should we stop wasting time? So I'm just going to ask some questions and we'll give you some Bible answers as we go through. So first, first uh, idea of why we should stop wasting time is because God expects us to be wise stewards. Familiar verse, 1 Corinthians four two. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, oftentimes when we think of stewardship, we equate that with giving. And that's not really a legitimate equation, uh, making it equal. They're not equal uh, because stewardship refers to management. Sure, we are supposed to manage our money, and when it comes and applies to giving, we're supposed to manage our money well enough so that we prioritize God in our giving, and if we spend the rest of our money wisely, we can uh, use it for God's honor and glory but we're also, we've also been given talents and gifts and opportunities and time. We all might not have the same amount of money. We may not all have the same amount of opportunities or the same talents or gifts, but we all have the same amount of time. And people say, well, you have more time than I do. Not true. We just all use our time differently. So, let me say this. Life consists of time. Right? Every second that goes by, every minute that goes by, hour, day, week, month, year, decade. Each of those units of time represent a small amount of our lives. So time people say, time is money. No, no. no. Time is life. So when you waste time, what are you wasting? You're wasting your life. I'm just killing some time. You're killing your life and you're killing opportunities to serve the Lord with your time. God didn't give us life to waste it on useless endeavors. See, Time management is, is a lot like money management, right? We just went through the Christmas season. And man, you're like, you put it all in the credit card. Now's the day of reckoning. You've got to figure out how to pay that off. Uh, okay. People tend to spend money foolishly on things they don't need. And if you spend money on things you don't need, it just makes sense that you're not going to have money for things that you do need. It's just not there. And it's the same thing that happens with time. When you use it on something of lesser importance, now you don't have time to spend on the things that are really important. i just throw out a for instance. I mean, if you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is you're on the phone checking social media and all these different things, now you're not going to have time For something else. Can you think of anything else that's really important to do in the morning? Spend time with God. Reading his word, praying, and and getting in touch with him for the day. Instead, we connect with friends. We connect with the world. We connect with everything else. And we spend our time on lesser important things. And there's really some really important things that we need to spend our time on We're wasting time. We're wasting a portion of our life. And so, like spending money, we make choices then, don't we, on how we spend our time. And sometimes uh, we get a good deal for our money. And sometimes we get a good deal with our time, but a lot of times we don't. How many times have you uttered these words? That was a complete waste of time. All right, okay, you, you... You picked the team that you're you're cheering for in the game, and they lose. You just spent three hours with all your hopes getting up, and they lose. And you're really excited when they lose, right? And you love them when they're, you know, scoring or whatever they're doing. And then when they lose, a bunch of losers. What a great investment! You know, ten years ago, if you remember who won a Super Bowl or the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl or any of that, if you if you really remember, I don't. Great, I guess uh, it's not great because I, maybe there's other important things to remember. I don't remember stuff like that. It's all fleeting. It's transient. So God wants us to manage our time. So why should we stop wasting time? Because God expects us to be wise stewards. Are you a wise steward of your time? Or could you make better choices and better use of it? Let me get to the next point. Because life is short. And as we read already, uh, James 4.14, what is your life? It is even a vapor. I like it when God asks questions and then gives us the answers. Uh, he says it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So he he describes our life as a vapor, and then he uses the words a little time. It doesn't matter how old you get, it is still a little time. And, and most of us can relate to this: that the older you get, the faster time goes it's just where did it go where did that year go I still remember when my kids sat in my lap that doesn't happen <laughs> I'm just happy when I get to see them from time to time amen now speaking of man's time uh, Moses said this for it is soon cut off and we fly away soon cut off our time is so short in the late uh, 1800s, 1885, actually, uh, C.T. Studd realized that he, uh, he should use the limited time that he had, and he went to the mission field. He left a very wealthy lifestyle. His family, he was born into great riches, and he said, No, I'm going to turn my back on that, and I'm going to go and serve the Lord. He left a very comfortable life. Uh, he became a missionary to China, India, and Africa, Now, and spent many years, decades, serving the Lord in those different places. And Listen to the words that he wrote about the brevity of life. This is taken from a poem. The last part is a phrase that we all are familiar with, most of us are. He said, only one life, the still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will. To cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Life's short. And since it is so short, shouldn't we make the best use of our time? There are things I enjoy doing, I like to do, but I have to make choices just like you have to make choices. I can spend time on this pleasure over here, but I have something to do for God over here. Huh. And too often we choose this one over here. When we could get so much more bang for the buck, so to speak, and do so much more for now and eternity if we just focused on God's will rather than living for pleasure. As Stud said, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. So is there anything, ask yourself this question, is there anything that presently occupies your time that may bring some regrets in eternity? Or something that just catches you and you say, you know, spend a little more time on that than I should have and then the next week you find yourself doing the same thing, all right? Thankfully, we can still change that while we're still breathing. So let's not procrastinate when we know what God wants us to do and get busy and do it. Spurgeon said this. He said, now is the watchword of the wise. Now, right the present, not putting things off, right now is the watchword of the wise. So we have today, but we're not promised tomorrow. And then we'll give you a third reason why we should stop wasting time because third one is this because god commands us to stop wasting time now he doesn't come out and say it exactly with those words but when you understand the meaning of the words that's the implication so what's the opposite of save uh, i just gave you what's the opposite of wasting time it would be saving time Okay, and so Ephesians 5:15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. So he said, Don't be a fool. Now that gets our attention, that word, right? right. If someone just came up and said, Hey, you fool, that would create some feelings inside. Uh, so God says, see that you work, uh, walk circumspectly, as uprightly, not bent over and crooked and twisted, but not as fools, he says, but as wise. So, and the, the sentence continues. So what is walking as wise and not as a fool? He says, redeeming the time, and he gives us a reason because the days are evil, and hopefully, I'm not sure if we'll get to it next week. I hope we can wrap it all up next week. We don't know. Anyway, uh, in the future, I'm going to talk a little bit more about redeeming the time but I want to at least touch on it here for a moment. If we're going to be wise and not going to be a fool we need to redeem time. That word redeem means to buy up. To buy it up. It means to rescue from loss. Something is going to cause us loss and we're going to rescue that. So we're told to be wise which includes then making every moment count for God. Now, when I'm reading this and I'm studying this, I'm like, and I'm applying it to my life, I'm like, I try to make a lot of moments count for God, but I don't make every moment count for God like I should. And so, I'm I'm thinking of things. I'm trying to hone in and zero in on some things. I want to get the most out of this life. So, even our leisure, you say, well, you're saying we should never have leisure? I'm not saying that. But even our leisure should be for the purpose of either re energizing our minds or our bodies so that we can do more work for God. The disciples were told to rest a while. Jesus told them to do that. All right, so if we're going to, I'm gonna make every moment count. I'm not gonna sleep at night. <laughs> and you will crash and burn. You know, if you don't get enough sleep, you're gonna be really grouchy. You know, your wife might put you to sleep. <laughs> uh, also, you know, People say, "Well, I'm not going to exercise. It's a waste of time. Actually, you know, you read about all these different health problems that people have. One of the things says, you know, get exercise and it'll help you. So if you actually try to stay a little bit fit, you'll have more physical strength to do more service for God. So you don't have to put eight hours a day into working out. That's a little overboard. God talk, talks and teaches balance in all sorts of things in our lives, right? But there are things, but even our leisure and these other things, I, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I, I need to relax a little bit. It was hard this, this holiday season. You know, we've got family around, and, and uh, on the back of my mind, i got to do this, i got to do this, i got to do this, i got to do this. And I'm like, i, 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 I got to get in over the office, i got to get over here and do this. And uh, it's hard to just sit back and say, okay, let's play some games and have some, but I, I, I need to program myself that I need to tone down a little bit sometimes so that I can, when I hit back in the office, have a little more strength and, and energy to do it. So there is a balance to all this, but God commands us to stop wasting time and we're fools, his word, not mine, when we're wasting time. All right? That's why I don't have a television set set up in my house. Even if I could watch something good every evening, I don't have time to watch something good every evening because I'll be trading something that might be good for something that might be better. So, anyway... God said not to be as fools, uh, and these fools obviously waste time rather than redeem it and make the most out of it. Ooh, okay. Pretty heavy lesson, right? Coming in off into of this new year. All right, let's continue here. I've got a little more time. We get to point, start point number two. Yeah, huh? Isn't that great? I can get through more than one point in a whole week. So, why should we stop wasting time? I gave you three pretty good biblical reasons there. I didn't give them, the Bible has them there. So, number two, what tends to waste our time? So, if we should stop wasting time, then we should look and examine our lives to see what might be culprits. Okay, for everybody, it might be a little different. And certainly, this list is not exhaustive, but it will give you a couple of things to think on and chew on. Um, you know, Christians are, are to mainly, let me just make this statement, we're to mainly focus on eternal matters, not the tempor- matters of temporary, of the temporary nature, I guess. Uh, now, again, as I said before, there's, there's some things that you, you can do and you should do. But we shouldn't refrain from going to work. I mean, that's not eternal, but the Bible does say we're supposed to provide for a family, so that has some inter- eternal implications. You're not supposed to refrain from mowing the lawn. All right, mow the lawn. It's going to grow. Cut the grass, okay? Uh, trim your fingernails. Yeah. Well, that's not an eternal matter, so I'm not going to clip your nails. You're going to be weird if you don't clip your nails, Okay? I'm just saying, there are those mundane things in life, for the one out there who says, well, the Bible says. Yeah, it does say, but there's a lot of other things we just need to use some common sense and apply other biblical principles to, to make sure that we're following those. We don't give up one biblical principle to follow another, all right? But the whole point of this idea is that we should live in light of eternity, that my decisions have consequences, and I should think more about that, that, that you know the hereafter than the here the the here and now and so time that is squandered on useless endeavors is a wasted life the word vanity you find it in the scriptures vain vanity it refers to emptiness uselessness now think about jesus and we're gonna gonna give you that list of a couple things here in a moment but, but think about jesus um can you think of any occasion in his life where he wasted time? No. Listen to his words, John eight twenty nine, and he that sent me is with me, and the Father hath not left me alone. He said, "Now listen to this, I." do always those things that please him. Can you say that? I do always those things that please God? Always? It's safe to say that if we always did things that please God, we wouldn't be wasting any time, which means that there are some things that don't please God which means also that anything that doesn't please God is a waste of time. It's a waste of life. And by the way, we'll give an account for that. But Even good things can waste our time if they keep us from the best things, from God-given responsibilities, right? I mentioned before, a man should provide for his own. Some men like to work. They're workaholics. They don't even want to be at home. And they'll go spend extra time working and working and working, and they enjoy the career, they enjoy making money, and they, all this. And then they say, well, I'm providing for my family, but he's never around to spend time with his family, so he's not with his wife, not leading his wife. He's not instructing his children. He's not correcting his children. So he's not using his time wisely. Okay? So I want to pause and consider just... A few things that tend to needlessly waste people's time. And, and not all of these are going to necessarily apply to you, but these are big time wasters. And the first one is worry. Worry. You know, a lot of people worry. And it's not just, you know, people, it's just those ladies that worry. There's a lot of us men who worry about things. How much time do you spend worrying about circumstances you cannot control? Let me ask you this. How much of that time that we spend worrying actually changes those circumstances? It changes nothing for the better. In Matthew 6, Jesus spoke about anxiety, didn't use the word, he used another word. He talked about taking thought, used it several times there. That whole phrase taking thought refers to being anxious, worrying, being filled with anxiety. And so here's one of those examples in Matthew 6, 27. He said, which of you by taking thought, but it's not just mentally thinking, by being anxious about this can add one cubit unto his stature. So you take a vertically challenged person. Okay, short person. I wish I was taller. I wish I and mean, I can't play basketball. I can't stuff it. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't reach the top shelf. I love being tall, walking into a grocery store and some lady struggles, she looks at me, It's like, I get you. You know, uh it, and there's other times I don't like being tall because something's on the ground. That's a long way down, <laughs> and I'm hoping I can get back up when I after I bend over to pick it up. Uh, <laughs> but but people worry about. But Jesus used just a very simple everyday thing. He said, "Why are you going to worry about whether you're tall or short? If you're short, you're not going to add one inch to your life." In other words, you're going to add nothing by worrying. His point was that worrying can't change your situation, which means then it's a complete waste of time and it keeps us from doing something else. People spend hours of a day worrying. Sometimes we go into prayer praying and partway through our prayer it turns to being anxious about something well we are so corrupt and so fallen but what really can change things is the prayer that we actually started to pray and if we get to turn it back to real prayer casting all your care upon him for he careth for you so casting that word, care, care, all your care all your anxiety same word there that Jesus spoke of about taking thought, same word there in, in, in the Greek language, translated here, and, and he says, you need to take those cares and give them to the Lord, because you can't change it. But he can. Take it, cast it on him, and leave it. And don't hold on to it. Okay? Okay? We can't change anything with our worries, but we can change things by prayer. Okay, let me give you the next one. Uh, so what is something that wastes our time? Worry is one. Here's another one, sorrow. There are things that come into our lives that cause pain, they cause sorrow, they cause grief, and they're real, and we should allow our times of grief and sorrow to draw us closer to the Lord. That's why he allows them to come into our lives. Uh, But there are times where people cannot get their minds off of the hurts and the hardships that have come to them. It might not be the loss of a loved one, it might be someone didn't treat them right, something happened at work, the boss the pastor, whatever it is, your spouse, they said something, they did something, they caused pain, they caused hurt. And you can't get your heart and your mind off it. And when we are always focusing on these sad, sorrowful things, we become hopeless. Definitely useless. So we need to stop focusing only on our troubles and instead Focus on the Lord and learn how to lead a productive life for Him. Because if we're just swallowed up with our grief, we're doing little for God. Psalm 127, verse 2 says this It is vain. Remember that word we talked about? Vain, empty, useless. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late. To eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So God said it's vain to just dwell only on our sorrows. It's a vain life. It's an empty life. It's wasting time. And he's talking about, you know, dwelling on these problems once we wake up in the morning. And then we go to bed, wallowing in sorrow, rising up early, staying up late fretting, fearing. God says, that's a waste of time. It's a bad use of time. And once again, we need to learn to cast our care upon the Lord and focus on what he wants us to do each moment. When we find ourselves, whether it's being filled with worry or fear or sorrow or whatever, we find ourselves in that spot, we need to say, what should I be doing instead of this right now? Because there is an alternative, Lord, what should I be doing? And casting that care on, on the Lord and then getting back to focused on what he wants us to do. Let me give you another one, uh, something that uh, wastes, tends to waste time, and it's sleep. Sleep. Now, again, I'm not saying you shouldn't sleep. We need to sleep. But some people really, 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 really like to sleep. <laughs> Sleep's not bad, all right? We just read the verse that God gives his love sleep. He wants us to get rest. But too much sleep is not good. It's a waste of time. In fact, he says this in Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep. Why? Lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be uh, satisfied with bread. In other words, wake up, get to work, and you'll have bread. You won't be poor. You'll be able to go out there in the field and work. You'll have food for yourself and all that. So I found that a lot of times when people get discouraged, they sink in depression. Either they stay up, weight worrying or they just try to sleep their life away. They take all sorts of pills to, to sleep their life away uh, and they become lethargic and unproductive which is a waste of time which is a waste of life. God didn't create us to be filled with anxiety and worry and fear and sorrow and depression. We become lethargic so a lazy life is a wasted life. He, in Proverbs 18, 9, he says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. A great waster. God said, don't be a great waster. By the way, parents, don't allow your children to sleep all day and be lazy. (laughs) Right? Because, now... Don't go overboard and rob them of necessary sleep. All right, you're going to go to bed at midnight. You're going to get up at 3 in the morning because we're going to get stuff done. We're going to be productive. I heard a lesson about that. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't hear a lesson about that. All right, have balance. All right, let's get to the next one so I can uh, try to wrap this up. Uh, fourth one is bitterness. Bitterness is that root that just keeps popping back up, and you've got to deal with it. How do you know if you're bitter? Let me give you a couple of thoughts on this. You are bitter when you continually rehearse the wrongs that someone has done to you. You see them, and they, just, they did this. And you might even say it to somebody else. You might not say it to somebody else, but it's, you're rehearsing it. They did this, and they're going to do this. You're bitter when you read into everything someone says, or does, and you begin to judge their motives. Oh, I know why they said that. I know why they did that. I can't believe they did that. They did this to me. Now we become the center of everything. It's all about how everyone relates to me. And I'll say this, that when self becomes your focus, everybody else becomes the enemy. Think about that. Because if I'm focused on myself and someone says or does or thinks something or I perceive that someone's against me, I'm against them. You're bitter when you build a case against someone, always finding them guilty of something. You're building that case. They like, said this, and they said this, and you just, you got, you got it. You've got the whole thing and you're ready to let them have it when the time comes. You're bitter when you habitually speak critically about someone. Might be at work. My boss, he does this, he does this. And you get together with someone else that will listen to it. And they, they add into it. You're feeding that. You are wasting time. You're wasting life. You're bitter. And it could be at school. It could be at church. It could be in the home. You're just speaking critically. They said this, they did this. And bitterness stems from an unwillingness to forgive someone. Forgive them. Now, if the word forgive means to send away. You send the offense away, not the person away. <laughs> you send the offense away. Bitter, bitterness does not please God, therefore it's a waste of time. He said in Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath in it. Anger and clamor and evil speaking, which they all kind of go along right after bitterness, right? If you got some bitterness, there's going to be some wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. He says, "Let all that be put away from you. Be put away. Get rid of it, all of it. But there's a little bit of bitterness I I deserve to hold on. No, get rid of it all. And the last one, and I hope sometime just take a whole series on this one: (laughs) the pitfall of entertainment. That's not for today, but I do want to include this as one of those things that waste our time, because entertainment is a great time, can be a great time waster. Uh, so that's the fifth one. And Solomon gave uh, many of his years to vanity, and he spoke about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said in Ecclesiastes 2.1, he says, I, gave, "I said in mine heart." Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. This was his idea. Ah, just some joy, pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. I'm going to enjoy pleasure. I'm going to give my heart and my life to this. And then his conclusion was, it's vanity. It's empty." And like Solomon, you're going to find that living for pleasure is very vain. It's a meaningless life. Yeah, it's holiday season. Time for some people to be binging on movies and sports. How many movies did you watch? What were they? What was in them? It leads to a life, just binging on all this, it leads to a life of emptiness. Solomon said, this also is vanity. I'm gonna give myself the pleasure, enjoy it. Fantasy sports. How much time do you spend on that team that you assemble? Romance novels. Waste of time. Facebook, I know it's not just the thing now. It's still a time-waster. Other social media, YouTube, streaming movies, talk shows. How much time do you spend on that when you could or should be doing something for the Lord? What if I decided last night, you know, instead of, you know, finishing up my lesson and being ready for today, I'm just going to watch, you know, like a three-hour football game. And we show up on Sunday mornings like, sorry guys, you know, we'll read a verse or two. I don't really have anything for you. I think you're probably happy I decided to spend my time on this, right? Maybe you're not. <laughs> but how much of our life have we entertained away? So get your phone out, not now. Check your screen time. You averaged four hours and 37 minutes. And if that, for some of you, that would be really a day. That would be really small. <laughs> I think of some people, six, seven, eight, nine hours. How do you get nine hours of screen time in a day? What are you doing? Well, I didn't have time for my devotions today. I wonder why. It's Very revealing when we check our screen time. Are there better things that we can do with our time? I think there are. And so hopefully we can